Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, this is a very important show. I mean, it's going to be me the whole time, so I don't mean that to sound vain that I'm so important, but my message is certainly so important and urgent. Uh, Today's show is called No Boundary, Not in Kansas Anymore, Nor Norman Rockwell's America. You know, of course, that's a takeoff on Toto. We're not in Kansas anymore. We, um, if you look around, you will see that all the different institutions and concepts and activities, um, you know, all the basic things in our lives have changed. People have been uh, trans crossing boundaries have been trampling boundaries, have been um, in many different ways. I'll give you some examples. And the question is, um, is this making us happier? And the answer is absolutely no. Are you happier today than you were five years ago or 10 years ago? I doubt it. Um, We are crossing boundaries and falling down the rabbit hole. We're lost in an existential post-COVID-19, post-lockdown society, where nothing is as it seems. We've crossed too many boundaries, sex, gender, race, law, ethics, money, medicine, work, education. Too many once-held values have been trampled. Are we happier? As I said, absolutely not. Norman Rockwell, the famous painter, whose paintings appeared on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post for years, painted heartwarming scenes of families at dinner, fishing, getting ice cream, playing sports, all the traditional things we held dear. They gave us warmth and stability. And now wonderful memories, not just his covers, but the fact that we were doing that with our families. But the Obama-Biden White House took down the Rockwell paintings, which is actually a metaphor. It's a symbol of how they want to change America's fabric. They don't want us to remember those good times. They are trying to turn America into George Orwell's 1984 and will succeed if we don't stop them. Today, I'm gonna look at items in the news And um, I'm going to actually literally go down in real time (laughs) um, a a news outlet that I like and just give you some um, pick out whatever the things are that are there. Because it's always, I mean, I already peaked. It's things that um, are, are the typical things that we are dealing with these days that are upside down, that some want us to believe are right side up, want us to normalize, want us to believe that this is the way it should be, it is, um, and it should be in the future. So um, so but before we get started on that, let me um, tell you about a poll that was just taken uh, 
but just before July 4th. And it was a Gallup poll. And what it showed was that um, the number of people who felt extreme pride to be Americans was only 39%. Those who felt extremely or very proud to be Americans were 67%. Now these are um, hovering at the lowest numbers. It's only the year before that was similar to that. Those who felt extreme pride to be Americans was only 39%. But then if you add in it, with the category beneath it, extremely or very proud, then it got to be 67%. That is still pretty outrageous. You know, this is a country, how are we supposed to get people to join the military to protect America when so few people have pride in the country? So few people are appreciative for the freedoms and everything that we have here. Now, the thing, and, and the um, what's really worrisome, now, as it turns out, that uh, Republicans are more likely than Democrats to express pride. But what's more worrisome, um, well, it's all worrisome, but what's, what's worrisome is that the second most important determinant of who's going to be most likely to feel pride is age. So it showed 50% of adults, 55 and over, say they're extremely proud, and only 18 percent of 18 to 34 year olds say that they are extremely proud. So what does that mean? Really, that should not be any big surprise because kids are being targeted to learn in school, to learn um, the wrong <laughs> telling of history, to learn a history that points America as this terrible place to be, who did that did terrible things and we should be ashamed to be Americans. So, of course, this poll is going to show that 18 percent of 18 to 34 year olds. I mean, they should try living <laughs> in another country for a year and then come back and then answer that question. Um, so now, since because of these results, um, the fact that, you know, it is the youngest people who are the least proud, um, they, you know, the, uh, the work to, to fix this needs to particularly focus on schools and, um, you know, younger age people. So these are the solutions. I, I have five solutions for this. Um, to bring back, number one is to bring back the American flag, the Pledge of Allegiance, and the National Anthem to every classroom and public gathering. Now, when I was in school in New York City, um, we we uh, pledged allegiance to the flag every day in school, every single day. And it made us feel good. You know, it wasn't like a chore or it wasn't like, you know, like what you see some athletes doing these days, um, turning their back on the flag and, and not wanting to sing the national anthem and all of that. But really, I know that that might seem cool, um, but really, I can promise you it was a lot cooler to be in a class where everyone is pledging allegiance and sent, singing some patriotic so song. We usually, you know, whether it was National Anthem or My Country Tis of Thee or, you know, some song. And that started off the day with really good feelings. 
first of all, it made us feel united as a class. You know, we were all kind of in America and we were all proud to be in America and we were all going to protect each other and we were all going to pre- protect America against any enemies, um, not necessarily by joining the military, but in, in a patriotic kind of sense. And so it really made people happy to then start the day like that. Okay, my second um, suggestion for bringing raising the number of people who are proud in America is a public health campaign to help Americans improve their physical and mental health so they can feel less helpless about fixing things they don't like in our country. You know, even though people don't like to keep going back to COVID and so on and blaming COVID, but the truth is that, um, first of all, a lot of people died. And second of all, um, you know, if, if people didn't die, they certainly, uh, people. a lot of people got weaker, you know, had developed certain kinds of problems like respiratory problems and so on, um, where they are now feel weaker. And it isn't just COVID that did that. It was the lockdowns. In fact, really, it was primarily the lockdowns because um, studies have shown way before COVID, studies of loneliness and isolation have shown that when you are put in such a circumstance, you know, they did this on people. I mean, they experimented with real people, (laughs) put them in a kind of um, isolated situation in their apartments and so on. Um, And also they did it with people who actually did live alone and they compared them to uh, a matched control, you know, the same age and same general characteristics. Anyhow, what they found was that um, isolation and loneliness causes physical issues like heart problems, heart attacks, uh, strokes, all different kinds of cardiovascular problems, which makes a ton of sense because you may have heard about um, how people get broken hearts, you know, like if they've broken up in a relationship and um, and they literally get their heart breaks, you know, some people can can start having real heart problems. And then also, you know, they have other problems too, other kinds of physical problems, and they also have psychological problems by this loneliness and isolation such as anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, an increase in um, substance abuse, like things like that. So, you know, it is no surprise that in fact, um, we are still suffering from those things uh, because when we came, when we finally were let out of our cages, we found a world that was very mixed up and it is still mixed up. It's an existential mess, I like to call it, an existential mess because things are not quite as they seem. Things are not the way they were before. The economy is a mess. Um, we're heading towards World War III in Ukraine and Russia, you know, with their with that war that is threatening to uh, expand and become World War III. Putin is, you know, um, saber rattling with thre- threatening that um, uh, he's going to set off nuclear a nuclear war and all that. And um, and we have lots of other problems. I'll be getting into some of them as we continue. So. So we're not um, physically or psychologically in the best of shape to act to uh, take action against some of these things that we're going to be talking about today that um, we don't like and that we want to change. We want to change back or we want to change to something that is more um, 
positive for all of us. Then the so so that's why I'm suggesting a public health campaign to get everybody back on track physically and psychologically. Um, because helplessness is really a big part of this. If you're not feeling in tip top shape physically or psychologically, then it's hard to sort of get up off your chair or off your butt and go out and try to fix things that you don't like. Okay, the third uh, suggestion is to um, promote going back to church and synagogue and other places of worship, whatever religion you uh, believe in. And because these places of worship have been decimated by lockdowns. And that, you know, many, most churches and synagogues and other houses of worship have not been allowed to continue to have live services, people there in person. And so um, when you are doing it, you know, some did continue to have services by Zoom, but that is not as, I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's not as uh, spiritual, it kind of loses its luster. It's not the same thing as being in a, a beautiful place, you know, uh, with stained glass windows or other kinds of decorations and being together with a congregation and praying and having a, a, a choir or a cantor uh, and a rabbi and a priest and all those people who instill um, inspiration, you know, who get you, help you to get feel closer to God. So we need to promote going back to houses of worship. Number four suggestion is take away federal funding from schools that teach CRT and propaganda about sex and gender behind parents' back. I'm going to get into that a little more in a bit. Um, but I'll talk about like why these things how destructive these um, studies are. Um, and then take away the next number five, take away federal funding from teachers' colleges that don't include lessons in accurate American history and pride in presidents and inventors and other people who made America a place to be proud of. In other words, teachers um, have to be taught <laughs> these things before they you know, it have to be taught accurate history, for example, before they can teach it to their students. Okay, so now let's take a walk down the lane of um, a news outlet. Now, this particular news outlet has um, th their headline, the top um, story, is about about um, Montpellier, Vermont, um, and it has pictures of the town, and which is underwater. I mean, uh, not completely, but it's you know there's uh, there it's showing buildings and so on with water up to uh, at least the first floor. You know, part of the first floor. Um, and it's showing also a reservoir, a dam. And the uh, headline is One Foot from Disaster. Now, because it's showing that this dam has only one foot left before uh, the water goes over the top and floods the town even more. Well, I think that that's a perfect metaphor, talking about metaphors, um, 
because uh, that is where we are. One foot from disaster. We are that close to um, the ruination, the destruction of America by forces uh, who want to turn America into a socialist or communist country, who want to take away our freedoms, who want to put us under uh, lock and key like we were with lockdowns. You know, that was just a, um, that was just a coming attractions of the, um, of what's to come, you know, of the power, uh, the control that government wants to have over our lives. And you'll see this, you know, those of you who are listening to this and think she's nuts. <laughs> she's a psychiatrist. She needs a psychiatrist, right? I know there are some of you out there thinking that, but hopefully by the end of the show, you will not be thinking that anymore because I will have proven to you in one story after another, you know, one um, headline after another of the stories in the news today um, that, that I'm not crazy, that we really need to wake up uh, to what is going on before it's too late. So let me start. Um, let's see. Well, I tell you what, why don't we, why don't we take a break now and I will find the first story I want to start with. Okay. So you're listening to Dr. Carol's couch today. We're talking about no boundary, not in Kansas anymore, Toto, <laughs> nor Norman Rockwell's America. So stay tuned. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about no boundary, not in Kansas anymore, Toto, nor Norman Rockwell's America. So I'm going to be going through the news live. I mean, <laughs> of course I'm live, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to be going, I, I did not write this up. I'm going to be uh, live going through the different topics that are in today's news. And I'm going to be explaining to you, giving you examples, using the news that gives examples of how we have been crossing too many boundaries. And um, this is in sex, gender, race, law, ethics, money, medicine, work, education, and more. And um, it is not making us happier to cross these boundaries. It is not making us as proud of our country as we should be. It is things that are going on in our country by people who want to destroy our country. Um, and we need to be able to fight back. Okay, now here's a perfect story to start with. Um, it says, the headline says, risk of cancer and pregnancy complications up to 70% higher in neighborhoods where tap water is most contaminated with PFAs, which are forever chemicals. So I'll tell you some of the top 10 cities, but look at that. Um, these, these top 10 cities have water source sources that are laced with toxic forever chemicals that have, and they then have higher than average rates of cancer diagnoses and cancer deaths and pregnancy complications. Now, you know that you may have seen some stories in the news about um, the some company that has um, respond is responsible for some of this is talking about uh, reparations. Everybody wants reparations. Well, let me tell you, the people who are dying of cancer because these companies have put um, toxic uh, chemicals, allowed toxic chemicals to spill into the water. Um, don't want reparations. They don't want cancer. Uh, you know, so why, So how is this crossing boundaries? It's greed. It's these companies that were so greedy, they didn't spend money on trying to figure out whether their wastewater, you know, the water from whatever it is that they manufacture is going into waterways of the city or town that they are near. And it, you know, fortunately, somebody, you know, of course, this is years later um, that they are discovering this and they are comparing it with the rates of cancer and the uh, diagnoses and deaths and pregnancy complications and all on and so on. And so they're finding that certain cities um, where there are more of these, um, where, it's, where the water is most contaminated with these forever chemicals, those places, I mean, like, duh, of course. <laughs> and that's kind of the problem. Like, duh, of course. You know, who's minding the store? Why is this coming out now? Um, anybody, whenever it started five years ago, 10 years ago, more, whenever these toxic chemicals started going in the water, um, the uh, somebody knew that this was going to cause more cancer. I mean, you, you, we know about that. We know that toxic chemicals cause cancer. Um, and so, but, but these companies did it anyway. Um, 
So that's crossing boundaries. Where was somebody who was supposed to be testing the water and so on um, and, and getting these, these companies to stop? I mean, presumably they have been testing the water, but it took till now till that they realized where these things were coming from and, and what they were causing. I mean, you know, they were trying to hide it. So some of the um, the, uh, com um, the 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 states, the places um, where they where where they have this. Um, let's see. Well, let's see. Let me. Yeah. Um, the highest levels, <laughs> this is in America, the highest levels um, of these toxic chemicals and the highest levels of cancer are in um, Iowa, Louisville, Kentucky, Alabama, New Orleans, uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Wilmington, North Carolina, Brunswick County, North Carolina. North Carolina is not doing too well. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and Miami. That's kind of interesting that it was allowed to happen in Miami. But anyway, I mean, you know, it takes people, it takes scientists, uh, researchers, epidemiologists to figure this stuff out. And, um, and so, like, for example, the national average is 438 uh, cancer cases per 100,000 people. And um, the worst, and so all of these places, um, well, my, actually, wait a second, Miami actually has a lower, uh, I guess these are the places where they measured it, but Miami actually has a lower um, number. It has 386. And also Bergen County, New Jersey has a lower number, which is surprising <laughs> because New Jersey is often called the armpit of the nation. So those have lower, but all the other ones have um, the average or above. So that's one example talking about going crossing boundaries. Um, okay. I mean, that's literally crossing the boundaries of what is safe water. Um, okay. Let's see. Illinois City to pay $25,000 in reparations to 140 elderly black residents and has committed to distributing 10 million over the next decade in a test run for the whole country. How nice of them to do a test run. Now, um, they're going to be paying these people $25,000 by the end of the year and um this is this is very bad <laughs> um because because uh places all over i mean i live in california now i'm from new york uh, my heart is still in new york but in any case i unfortunately well there are lots of good things to living in california <laughs> but unfortunately it has a horrible um out of his mind uh governor governor newsom who, you know, for him, it's what, uh, he's such a hypocrite. You know, he was the one during COVID who um, told everybody to wear masks all the time. And then he was at this fancy restaurant with a whole bunch of people not wearing a mask, eating, of course. You know, I mean, it's hard to, 
it's hard to eat with a mask, but um, but there were times, you know, before they were eating, they were all milling around this room and uh, no mask. And he's done lots of other things. He has been, he, there have been um, things that have been enacted in the California government. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more later, but like crazy things. And one of the things that's happening, this so far hasn't been passed, but one of the things that is, uh, what, uh, looming um, is, I guess he was the one who uh, okayed a, a group to figure out how much they want in reparations. How, a group of black people, black residents of California, uh, how much they want to be paid in reparations. And of course, you know, the number, I mean, there's no end to how much you can ask for. <laughs> um, they're asking for millions, millions. Now, the thing is, <laughs> um, yes, um, the, in, in America's history, there was slavery. And um, perhaps people who owned slaves might be responsible for reparations. But most of the people who are alive today did not own slaves. And they should not be required to pay for something that people did ages ago that they had no say in. I mean, I certainly wasn't around <laughs> back then. I don't have any family members who were around back then uh, any or anybody who was in any way engaged in slavery. So um, if this comes to California, well, you know, I'm, I'm I wouldn't have thought that it would have been passed anyway, but of course, anywhere. But of course, Illinois, that is a um, uh, state that is run by a um, mayor, a, uh, I'm sorry, a governor who is um, progressive, left, uh, socialist, all of the above. Um, and you would, you know, if it was going to start anywhere, I could see where this would be a test run. Um, I will be surprised and really start packing my bags to leave America um, if, in fact, the citizens of Illinois don't protest this. Now, granted, 25000 um is not that much. I mean, well, it's not millions in any case. Um, and 140 elderly Black residents, well, you can kind of, you know, um, I mean, maybe they were affected in some way, uh, depending upon how old they are. Um, but I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know that that would mathematically figure out that they could have been, I doubt that they were slaves. Um, in any case, this is a very slippery slope. And um, because there is no end to how much people could ask for, who could demand that they deserve reparations. Um, okay, let's see. Here's one. Would you keep your, some of these are personal and some, you know, more on a personal level affecting people. And some of these are more on a, on a societal level. This one is a more personal. Uh, the question is, would you keep your finances a secret from your partner? They did a study. Half of Americans thinks, think it's okay to hide savings from a significant other. Do you believe this? 43% of people say they have withheld financial information or lied about it to their partner. Now, not that that's surprising either, really, but what does that say? You know, what kind, no wonder, no wonder there are divorces. Um, I mean, it says we don't trust each other anymore. 
it said, I mean, even in a, you know, you get married, you're supposed to love each other. And, and here, this person who you love, um, you are hiding these kinds of things for because you obviously don't trust them 100%. Okay, now here's talking about trust. Here's another um, he headline. Trust in universities sinks to an all-time low. Only 36% have faith in higher education, down from 57% in 2015, amid uh, rows over <laughs> rising fees, uh, free speech, and the value of courses. So that I that's a good, <laughs> that I agree with. Um, I mean, my trust in universities uh, has sunk to 0%. It is unbelievable how um, universities have become, you don't have free speech in universities. You have to believe, you know, what, what the teacher says, what the professor says um, is what it is. Uh, even teachers, professors are getting fired for, for example, for, um, uh, not being willing to to use proper pronouns. So here are here are these learned professors, right? Uh, who were at, in some cases were at these different universities for years and years, tenured professors, and they get fired for not using the right pronoun. That is to say, the pronoun that a student wants them to use. Um, it, this is really, and plus the the you know the um, the philosophy or the. Uh, the tenets, the what teachers, what professors are teaching um, in universities, as in it's just a continuation of what they're teaching in kindergarten, is all um, progressive left values um, that are try again trying to destroy the American family and America as a whole. Um, for example. Uh, I had this during the time of the George Floyd riots, BLM uh, riots. One minute. Um, I read an article, and I can't remember where it was. I think it was like it was a it was a very um, you know it was a it was a well respected newspaper, and um, it's talked about how this professor, an architecture professor was teaching his students how to topple statues in the most efficient way. And I kept, I, I had to do a double take. I kept reading that again, what a professor is teaching students how to, how to topple statues. I mean, that really says it all. That's where our uh, higher education has gone to. No wonder people don't have pride in America if we're allowing these kinds of things to happen. And students go along with it because they've been taught from kindergarten that America is bad. And yeah, topple down these statues. Everybody's a slave owner. Everybody's this or that. I mean, really, folks? Uh, okay, here's another one. There's no end to these, um, to these uh, headlines. Um, elite, elite 62,000 uh, five hundred dollar a year, New York City private boys' school, founded to educate Rockefellers, will implement new gender policy after hiring expert on single gender schools. So, this super expensive 
a private boys school in New York City, is going to be accepting trans boys as part of its new gender policy. You know, the Rockefellers, <laughs> Nelson Rockefeller, all the Rockefellers um, are turning over in their grave to think that they're the school that, that once, you know, taught their kids um, is doing this. Why? Oh, that's terrible. I, I know, I know. Some of you are thinking, that's so bigoted. Why are you saying that's so bad? That um, the trans boys are going to be uh, accepted into the school. Don't don't trans boys uh, belong? You know, don't, shouldn't they have the right to go to a good school too? It's not about that. I mean, if the boys who are trans are um, authentically trans, in other words, um, there are. Yeah, I guess I might as well get into this now. Um, there are people who. Um, because of hormones that were circulated in their mother's body when they were in the womb, and because of um, different things that happened in their home when they were growing up, you know, different, the psychodynamics, the relationships that they have uh, with their parents and with siblings and so on. Certain things can happen where um, people kids later grow up and they authentically um, believe either that they're in the wrong body or that they are gay or lesbian. But um, that's not what we're having today. I mean, the percentage of those people who are authentically LGBTQ plus is a super small percentage. You wouldn't think that with everything that you hear in the, in the media. Um, and President Biden having uh, having trans people parading naked on his uh, showing their breasts naked, naked breasts <laughs> on the White House lawn between the naked breasts on the White House lawn and the um, cocaine in the in the White House. I mean, we are a laughing stock for the world, a laughing stock. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, since we have a lot of enemies, China and Russia and Korea, North Korea and uh, Iraq and um, uh, uh, Iran, um, the other countries in the Middle East, um, we have enemies. And uh, it is not funny. These things aren't funny, you know, that that Biden um, stumbles around and can't make two sentences that, that stick together and, and um, you know, he yells, uh, long live the queen at the end of a speech that had nothing to do with anything. It was about, you know, his a typical speech of his trying to get rid of guns. Um, but anyhow, um, so it, the, the, the authentic, this is, you know, I'm not saying anything bad. This is not uh, homophobia or transphobia or any kind of phobia. The problem is that these people, like the people who would be applying to that school, who would describe themselves as trans, these are people who have been in uh, in school, in elementary school, and have been uh, given propaganda by their teachers to convince them that they are trans or uh, LGBTQ+. Well, I know we have to take a break right now, so I'll, I'll stop here, and then I'll explain a little bit more about that when we come back. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about no boundary. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto, nor Norman Rockwell's America. Well, as you know, um, I am talking about all the boundaries that are being crossed in our society. Some people think it's cool. This is progress, right? <laughs> they are. It's ironically, they are called progressives, but um, really, they are bringing us back to the dark ages because um, this is destroying society. So, before the break, I was talking about one big aspect of this, which is. Um, how kids are being abused um, by being convinced in school, persuaded, talked into uh, the fact that they are anything but the sex that they were born with. Now, just to be clear, people are born with either XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes. XX chromosomes means that the girl that it's a girl that the person that the baby develops into a or i should say the fetus develops into a girl and when the doctor delivers the baby he says oh it's a girl he doesn't make it up he doesn't throw a coin up in the air a coin toss he looks at the um genital organs and other you know the body as a whole and um decides i mean decides and can tell and and says what it is you know what now there are a very very small percentage of people who get 
um, who have these disorders with, you know, XXY and different kinds of combinations of chromosomes, but that is a minute number. So, and that's not what people are talking about, you know, in, in regard to trans and all that. Um, so, so kids go to school and now in elementary school, they're taught about masturbation and they're taught about um, sex, all different, you know, depending upon who your teacher is, you're taught about all different aspects of sex in, from in kindergarten, in elementary school. Now, first of all, what that does First of all, it's very, it's overwhelming for kids to try to comprehend. They can't get really get their head around it. And so they are forced to accept whatever it is that their teachers tell them. Now, their teachers have ulterior motives, however. First of all, there's no reason for kids. This is not like when they used to teach um, in high school or even in junior high school when they used to have health ed or sex ed, and they used to teach about condoms and um, how to not get pregnant and how to not get a venereal disease. That's all well and good. But hopefully <laughs> elementary students aren't having sex, except for the fact that all this stimulation, all this talk about sex is in fact causing the students to want to experiment. And there have been cases of little boys um, attacking little girls in elementary school and beyond because you know they're so stimulated by all this sex talk and they're where well, they want to experiment you know kids are curious you can't really blame the kids for this so um so then of course you know this goes on um in you know higher grades as well and so like and the key is that the teachers are telling the kids um don't tell your parents. This is a secret between you and I. Like, for example, when they give them uh, breast binders, you know, give the little girls breast binders so that they can um, pretend to be a boy. Uh, when they allow the kids to have, make other people call them by whatever pronoun. Um, so this is so confusing. This is totally psychologically messing up these kids. Because sex is sort of the number one um, characteristic that you identify yourself as. I mean, you know, then then race and then what town you come from and who your where your parents come from. All these different demographic kinds of um, uh, definitions. But sex is number one. Is the most is the most primary. The most um, the, the underlying the basic. Uh, description, descriptive factor that kids, um, that people have. And that, and, and so when you start messing with their identity, their biological identity, and convince them that it's so much cooler if they say they're the opposite sex, or even if they say they're non-binary, um, they want to be called they and them. Um, and the really scary part about all this is this has now uh, gone up to medical schools and medical organizations like the American Medical Association and even the American Psychiatric Association. They are, are agreeing with, putting forth this, going along with these kinds of um, descriptions. Now, one would think 
that the American Psychiatric Association would be the last to, um, you know, acknowledge or, or um, go along with this craziness. Um, but, you know, clearly there are political pressures to bear on these organizations um, to follow along in the left, progressive, socialist, um, communist destruction of America. I, I mean, I know I'm saying these things and I'm listening to myself and thinking, oh, you must be crazy. They wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, I've been I've been <laughs> I have been studying this, researching this. I know this to be true from personal experience and everything else, um, which is why I'm talking about it, because I am trying to get to wake people up to what's going on so that we can prevent it from continuing. So when these kinds of things happen in early childhood, it it's like a um, what's a good example? Like like a tree, you know. If um, you know, like if a branch is cut off of a tree, um, that branch never grows back. Or maybe that's not a great example, but like if if, if you do something to something that's growing, that's good. They they that that stunts their growth or that changes their growth of whatever it is that's growing permanently. So even if kids just go and have pronouns, they don't go for the hormones and the surgery, um, that experience of having, you know, questioned their sexual identity and questioned and, and making people um, call them whatever is, is going to affect the rest of their development. It's not just something that happens and then they can say, well, that was just, uh, forget about that. You know, I'm okay now. I mean, really, most of these people will need therapy. And that's a whole other thing. That the reason behind all of this, besides uh, part of this destruction of the American family, is um, to, to um, get people to be less, less solidified in their identity, to be less um, sane, I guess, um, so that they will be easier to manipulate. And that is why kids are, so many kids are going along with this because after COVID and after the lockdowns, um, people, not just kids, but people, we all have come out of this uh, a, a little confused. I think I was talking about this at the beginning, but especially kids because they missed two years of school. So when they go back to school and they're feeling awkward and uncomfortable, you know, being with other kids and so on, they they have to get used to it again. And they are presented with this option of um, be changing their sexual identity and that this will be applauded by some group of other kids. Certainly it'll be applauded by the teacher. It makes these kids who are so lost and depressed, you know, they escape into this and they look to it as a way of trying to become happier. They, you know, they're convinced, oh, well, if I change my sex, if I tell people to call me this or that, um, I'll be happier. And so then they do it and um, and they're not happier. There are an increasing number of detransitioners, as they're called, people who are trying to go back to whatever sex they were. And of course, the medical um, and and psychiatric or psychological, you know, therapists. This is a boom. This is a and, and the drug companies. This is all about giving a certain segment of the population. I mean, it's not all about. It's also political. But like as part of this, 
you know, why, why don't you have uh, uh, the, uh, the American Psychiatric or the American Psychological Association complaining about this? Because they have some therapists who are um, getting tons of money from seeing somebody for like an hour and saying, oh, yes, you know, that's true. You do have uh, gender dysphoria. You're uncomfortable in the in this body and you should um, uh, become trans and so on. I mean, like this is this is this is abuse. We are we are standing by and letting these kids be abused. All right, let me go on a little bit. We're almost to the end here, but I just want to mention also CRT. While I'm talking about schools, CRT, um, teaching kids about race in a way kids don't think about race when they're in elementary school. They like people of all colors and all shapes and sizes. You know, if they're if the person is nice to them, the child is nice to them, you know, I'll be your friend. But by bringing in um, critical race theory, teaching that, it is making kids think of each other according to their race, which is what we, you know, when you think about it, here we're going to give reparations to slave or to people who are somehow or descendants of slaves somehow, and yet we're teaching racism to a whole new generation because now the kids look at each other look at white kids as oh you're the oppressors they tell me you're the oppressors and then they look at the black kids as slit i mean it's just it's ridiculous and they're having separate classrooms this is exactly what, what martin luther king is is turning over in his grave too because this is exactly what he fought against he didn't want segregation and that is what is happening do you see how things are to toxy toxic topsy-turvy it's all all different aspects of our life um is is topsy-turvy here's another example um I'll, I'll do this quickly because we don't have much time left i could go on for hours quite frankly um talking about all these different topsy-turvy things that we need to fix but here's the the, the titanic five you know the titan the um that went down to see the Titanic, you know, the, the su submersible. Um, the, the, here's this man, the CEO of the submersible company. He knew damn well that there was a lot of danger um, in sending that down. He knew it because he had people who were experts who were telling him. And he had previous uh, trips down towards the bottom that, that had problems. Um, he used... What was it? He used college um, interns to be his uh, electrical advisors. They they created the electrical system. College interns, excuse me. So why did he do that? For fame, but mainly for money. He was greedy. He didn't care if people died. And and it's interesting that he went down too and died. And I think that he actually had a death wish. I think that. Um, that, that this wasn't a coincidence that he went down and died. And last but not least, in terms of uh, titles, um, a, trans a trans contestant wins Miss Netherlands, and one look at the faces of the runners-up reveals what women really think but don't dare say. So now she's going to be going on to um, the Miss Universe contest, and... Um, and that Miss Universe is owned by um, a trans um, CEO. So, um, so you know, chances are she has a good chance of winning. 
All right. I mean, I know it's depressing. It's a lot of stuff. I could have gone on, really, as I said. There are many other news stories that reflect all kinds of problems that we're having. And so basically, my my I'll close with, um, please get uh, each of us individually have to become healthier physically and psychologically so we can make decisions about these things and fight back against the things we don't believe in and don't want to see happening to our country. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please.